Your attention, please. The Nook Inc. getaway package charter flight will soon be arriving at the deserted island. Analysis Roundtable with Drinking and Swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Hannah and Katya. How's it going, guys? It's going. You know. Yep. I have coffee. I'm functional. I now feel remiss for not putting, like, bourbon in my coffee, but... Mm. I mean, I, nothing's stopping you. I don't feel remiss about any of that. I didn't go to the other room, though. Does that mean you for do have bourbon in your coffee cup? Co- listening in the future, <laughs> we are recording at 10 o'clock in the morning, which we rarely do, and... Do not, usually try to avoid. <laughs> Why are we recording it at, at 10 o'clock in the morning? We are recording at 10 o'clock in the morning because we have a special guest this time. For those who don't know, we are in various parts of the United States, but our guest is Maisie JG from the I Beg to Differ podcast. Hi, Maisie. Hiya. I was just feeling so bad over there when everyone's complaining. It's 10 a.m. and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'm not. You know, you're fine. fine. I've been up for hours. I don't know why these people are complaining. <laughs> Actually, I do know why. But I got up at eight thirty. I've been because I had to do I had to do podcast prep. So you know what? I I got my notes. I got my coffee. We're all good. All right. Got we're happy. We're cheerful. <laughs> uh, also, I get to feel very cool that we're having a podcast across multiple time zones. Um, I think Maisie's <laughs> the farthest guest we've ever had. We've had people from all over the U.S. And we've had people from Canada. I don't think we've ever had anybody from the UK before. Which means you get a crown. This is great. This is not a real one. (laughs) This is great because it just means we're mixing accents. It's all good. (laughs) We're multicultural. (laughs) Yeah, you know. So, Maisie, you are also like us somewhere. And I, I stopped. I lost track of how many days, but. For the last 30 some odd days, we've been in isolation, social, social yeah. isolation yeah. of living by ourselves and pretending that the world's not ending outside of our window <laughs> as, everyone, as everyone dies of the plague. That, that's true for you as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going crazy over here. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I sound happy, but I'm dying inside. It's, it's all good. <laughs> well. So I'm just so topic- happy to be talking oh. to people. <laughs> hey, same. I live by myself and my, I keep telling people that I think my cat has gotten sick of me. She just like looks at me and she's just like, you're, why are you here all the time? I want my, like, yeah. I want my like personal cat time now. That's, I mean, it's not big enough for two of us. I like, I, since I work from home, like for this last year, um, I had only been able to tell what day it was by when my wife leaves and goes to work (laughs) and and she doesn't do that anymore. And so now time is just meaningless. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I'm confused. Our cat is confused because, you know, like, like um, our cat will just wander around and like, she's used to me being there, but then Steph will just be there. And you could just tell she's like, why are you still here? You haven't left in weeks. (laughs) You're supposed to go away for like eight hours a day. It's, it's weird. The I can't, my cat, like for a while, she was confused. I think she's moved into resentment. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all silly because we've had no human interaction, which mm-hmm. is sort of the topic today. And Katya, this one's yours. 
Yeah. So uh, folks that have checked out our blog post saw that, I mean, also if you are alive on the internet, you know that Animal Crossing um, dropped uh, towards the end of March and the internet has lost its collective minds. Um, animal, because basically, animal what? Me, animal what? I'm never like, what? <laughs> I Imagine if I'd so, come here and uh, I'm just like, I've got no idea what this is. <laughs> I'm hearing about it for the very hey, first time. I, I'm, there are, there are people who have somehow managed to miss all news of Animal Crossing, which I find astounding. I, I think I it's more about least... they're seeing the news, but they don't know what it is. So they're like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. And move along. Like, what is this Animal Crossing? Why are they crossing? What are they crossing? Um, are you just being fun, Charlie? <laughs> I mean, a little bit, maybe. Um, <laughs> for context, our last episode, uh, my brother-in-law, Charlie, did lost a game, so he had to pay a forfeit and explain what Animal Crossing was, but he doesn't know what it is, so he uh, failed miserably. This just tells me that... <laughs> Everyone should go listen to that episode. Yeah, that was actually a fun episode. Many games to play. For those of you who somehow have managed to avoid the internet for the last month. Um, Animal Crossing is basically a lovely little very low stakes game where um, released by Nintendo for the Switch, um, where basically you like build up a little island town, you like build houses, you befriend adorable little animal neighbors and convince them to move to your island, you plant flowers, catch bugs, you go fishing, you know, those cute little community events. Like I think this morning I had like a, a fishing tourney it was very exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, and all of it takes place in real time. So basically, whatever your time zone and hemisphere happens to be, the weather, the seasons, like what's going on, kind of like matches to where you are um, based off of based, based off of the clock um, on your switch, essentially. Um, and the reason we want to talk about this is, A, I've been spending a lot of time playing Animal Crossing during quarantine. Um, but this kind of ended up being fortuitous timing, I think, for a lot of people who enjoy these games. So for me, Animal Crossing was released like about a week into quarantine, um, where I'm at in North Carolina. And um, basically, like a lot of people have been playing this game while they've been social isolating or doing whatever's going on in their, in their area. And we talked about in the blog that several mental health professionals have actually mentioned like, actually, yeah, like Animal Crossing is this really, like can be a really helpful tool for people who are dealing with stress, um, who are kind of like, out at sea because they've lost all of their routines because ritual and routine and being very repetitive is a big part of the game. Um, and this is perfect because Hannah and I have been looking for an excuse to talk about something called the Cozy Game Manifesto for like six months now. And we were like, this is the time. Um, so before we get into Animal Crossing and basically me gushing about, you know, all the fruit I've managed to collect, um, I do want to talk about the Cozy Game Manifesto because it does kind of provide this framework, I think, for what's interesting about Animal Crossing. Um, and we'll drop a link for this in the show notes. It's also talked about in the blog post a little bit. But basically, the Co- like Cozy Games Manifesto was developed was created by a group of game developers um, at a particular conference. And so a Cozy Game essentially focuses on the feeling of safety, abundance, and softness, as opposed to, say, like, you know, Call of Duty, where you're mostly running around shooting people and probably kind of stressed out. And I think and one of the interesting things about Cozy Games is they actually talk about sort of like a hierarchy of needs, sort of like there's these higher order psychological needs, like mastery, connectedness, self-reflection, ritual, habit, things like that, more like psychological needs that are built upon... Maslow hierarchy of needs, I also link that in the show notes. 
Yeah, thank you. So Cozy Games focuses on fulfilling these higher order needs that are basically about psychological comfort and stability rather than focusing on like, you know, mechanics of danger, starvation, competition, things like that, that, you know, I think when when most of us think of games and particularly video games, like that's kind of what, um, what we might think of. Uh, and one of the things that they talk about, which I think is really interesting and I kind of want to get into is, which we've talked, we've, we've talked about previously on, um, different video game episodes is that they basically note that a lot of conventional gaming models are built off of really outdated models of motivation that are, and I'm going to quote here for a second, quote, are biased towards Western individualistic and masculine perspectives, end quote. So basically what they talk about is like, it's not just that, Oh, my three middle names. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and so, like, basically, that these games, so that basically, like, conventional conventional games, and I'm using conventional, like, in a very broad sense, and obviously being very simplistic, um, because they focus on, like, competition, sort of, like, zero-sum, there's only one winner, everyone else loses, um, and they really, and they also focus on extrinsic motivation, right? So you get achievements, you get badges, you get, like, to show off essentially like either in game or among the game community and cozy games are supposed to be kind of this antidote to that, which are not only sort of like looking at values and aesthetics that are traditionally feminized, um, more domestic and focus on sort of like your internal intrinsic rewards of the game. Like the sensation of like, is this a positive sensation of playing the game? Does shaking the tree to get the fruit in animal crossing? Like, is that, in and of itself a pleasing act rather than like, I need to get points for everything that I do. So basically um, we want to talk about Animal Crossing and Cozy Games because I think Cozy Games is a really great language to talk about like why Animal Crossing is basically so comforting and kind of like has like had its moment um, at this time, along with other games. Like I know there's been a huge uptick in people playing um, The Sims and a few other sort of like less competitive, less sort of like the non-cozy games, if you will. Um, as a way of basically dealing with this time. Um, and I think especially the, the idea that this is in some way in competition or in stark contrast with how we typically have thought about video games and other kinds of games that are so focused on competition and winning and all these other things. Um, because it's much more about like removing, I think cozy games for me, like the main central thing about it is like removing any kind of in-game stressors um, which is why it's it's so nice to play Animal Crossing right now because it's like we're all stressed out about what's going on around us. So it's like it's nice to play a game that's like escapism personified. <laughs> it's wholesome. That that's how I always describe it to people. It's it's really wholesome. Yeah, yeah it's totally wholesome. Oh, but I will put a disclaimer in there because right at the beginning you said that it's full of cute characters. Disclaimer: they are not all cute. Okay, that's true. Because I have just had but most mouse, of them. Miss Mouse uh, move into my village, who is dressed like a hooker, and I don't know what she's doing there. I didn't invite her. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little annoyed by like. There's only one hooker allowed in my town. I have like a dude that's like um, actually also a mouse. Interestingly, who's just really obsessed with cheese and is kind of pretentious Ugh. and like seems kind of judgy. That sounds so like I, don't know. I might eventually like try and. I might try and like edge him out of town. I don't know about him. 
My favorite one, though. I, I wait, 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 wait. Uh, don't, don't, don't just walk past that. You're going to edge him out of town in Yay. your cozy game. You're, you're like trying to gentrify your neighborhood and just like get so rid of the element <laughs> you don't approve of. It sounds like reverse gentrification to me. Yeah, Mouse Man is the gentrifier. He literally came in and is like, we need to make this a fancy place. I'm like, no, I like my island that's kind of run down and like homey with like flowers and like weeds everywhere. Screw you, fancy cheese man that wants to make a movie studio. Anyway, okay, so, so not gentrification. You're just you're just prejudicially excluding someone of a different social class. Yeah, because okay. it's pretentious and annoying. Gotcha. Okay, um, sure. Well, this is my whole thing. It's like Animal it's Crossing is a cozy game, but is it all? Cozy? It's not because he's a mouse. If that's what you're implying, there's no mouse racist here. <laughs> hey, I have some other great mouse friends in this game. She's friends with boys of mice. Don't even. She can bring them up. Like, don't even try it. <laughs> um, but I think that's one of the other things. Actually, I didn't realize you could actually, and I haven't actually done it yet. But you can actually get rid of villagers that well, went to your island. Well, one of my villagers was like, "Hey, I'm going to leave," and I was like, and he was like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Go for it. I don't even, you're not even one of the ones I like." Yeah, I've not done that. Yeah, I haven't had that happen yet. How does it? happen like what do you do is it just you ignore I them i don't know it's super random but it, i think it just like it's one of those like random events that uh, sometimes happen and my guy was okay. i think he's called sherb and he was like a green goat man i think i don't know i had to build his Great. house for him and um he was like yeah i might leave and i was like do it i dare you there's, there's only one that i need to hold on to i have i have a town's for i have a little town's dude person i don't know if it's i actually don't know it's gender it's chester chester the panda is great very great because Chester is like the most derpy. He's just basically wandering around like singing stuff and like asking me weird questions about fish. He's he's golden and beautiful. So for full disclosure, I started playing this game, you know, three days ago. Much like every time we do a video game episode where Katya proposes something and then I go, huh? And then I have to go out and get the game. <laughs> and because because boys don't know how video games work, as I have maintained before. And so I I learned it and I don't have I've not had anybody leave yet because I've only got like four animal friends or well, something. Because well, there's different. There's a difference between the new so, Horizons and Pocket Camp, which is what I've been playing right now because I don't have a Nintendo Switch, and everybody me neither. Everybody knows and they're like really that's expensive. Yeah, right so now. Mav and Hannah have been Mav and Hannah have been playing Pocket Camp, which is a iOS version like adaptation of Animal Crossing. I don't think you can do so. It's a little bit different. It's focused on your like. You're you're like maintaining a campsite, and you can invite villagers to hang out your campsite. I think you can. I think you can kick them out because there's like a there's like a cap on how many you can have at your campsite at one time. But I don't know if they like leave on their own in pocket. Okay. Um, pocket camp in like New Horizons, you're basically like you. So in New New Horizons, you basically arrive at an uninhabited island. Which also there's this whole like weird environmental thing I have questions about, which is like a thing. Um, but you basically arrive at an uninhabited island and along with two other villagers and Tom Nuke. Um, Tom Nuke is sort of like one of the central figures of the Animal Crossing franchise. He is a store owner who's now um, basically created this like weird settlement program tourism business. It's kind of unclear like what exactly it is, but basically he's relocating people to this island, like these islands and building these little like essentially colonies on these islands. Um, he's a tyrant is what he is right yeah (laughs) and then he's basically as in every Animal Crossing game Tom Nuke is basically constantly getting you into cycles of debt 
So you show up and like you basically are given immediately a mortgage. <laughs> um, and like part one of the major mechanics of the game is you having to constantly go on and pay 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 off this like increasing mortgage as your house house expands and whatever. And like this was actually one of my kind of like questions about this whole cozy game thing because like actually in the manifesto they bring up Animal Crossing New Leaf, which I believe is the DS version. Yeah. Um, repeatedly as like an example of a cozy game, but like. It's definitely cozy because there's adorable animals and you're like making your little house, plucking fruits, crossbreeding, you know, your flowers and whatever. But there is this whole like weird like capitalist like thing about like acquiring more furniture and more crap to shove in your house, even though all of it's totally useless. Yeah. Um, Mismatches. Ugh. Yeah. And you're constantly going through cycles of debt and like. I don't know. I guess it's like, I, I, I guess I wonder, I think the idea of like, cause basically for, um, the cozy game manifesto, the goal of this is that like you create games that produce this like aura of safety and like security, which I think like based off of what I think a lot of people have been seeing in the media around talking around animal crossing is totally a thing. But on the other hand, a lot of what they're talking, a lot of it is also like cozy games and this idea that they could like cultivate a different culture of gaming that it would somehow engender all these like non-competitive habits that people would set like basically the game community would enter a utopian social sphere in which like Gamergate doesn't happen anymore and all this other stuff which would be a beautiful wonderful thing I have my doubts um <laughs> but there's this whole thing about yeah there's like this whole like weird um I don't know it's basically also just like capitalism the game but also <laughs> because we're colonizing islands it's also co- like 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 colonization the game so you have a question on an island. <laughs> what was that? Huh? What's that your question, island was deserted anyway. We didn't. We didn't uh, kick anyone out for it. But but that that's is true. a colonialist. But that's a colonialist fantasy. Like not to get back to our games and empire episode that everybody loved. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, like look at this. So hated. Well, I mean, I liked our episode. Uh, people <laughs> in my life liked it. Uh, people might not have liked the vlog. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> But, like, Settlers of Catan, uh, which we actually didn't talk about that much, like, that's another game where, like, the island is, like, supposedly uninhabited. But, like, if you think about what, like, John Locke said, um, as one does in quarantine, um, where he basically is like, well... I think it's just you. It's just you, Hannah. All the world was America. It was, like, this blank space. And because it was a blank space, what we do is uh, we... You know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Yeah, I'm definitely making fun of libertarians at this point. And uh, we use our labor to cultivate the land. And because we, in our labor, um, have like property in ourselves, that also extends to our land. And someone who studies 17th century is probably very irritated with my summary of John Locke as well. Um, so, yeah. So like that, he tells this story. Uh, but if you think for a second, you're like, wait a minute, who was who was who was in America? Um, didn't didn't we steal all that land and uh, take it? I have a question. Ourselves? Yes. So in the Switch version of the game, again, I, dumb guy knows nothing. So in the Switch version of the game, there are animals there already, right? Like, um, <laughs> no. Okay, because like in because in the in pocket, what what would you call my version? Pocket camp, like pocket camp. camp. Yeah, there are there are animals that are on other islands, and then I I sort of invite or islands or camps, and I invite them back to mine, I guess, and they just kind of show up. But like they're sentient, so they, <laughs> they appear to exist in the wild. You know, they and they they exist out in the world. They're not like coming from afar, right? Okay, I think I I think I know where the confusion is here. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So help me. <laughs> you, so you need to stop saying the word island because that is not your game that you're playing. Okay. I think that's where you're getting confused. Know, they, you're okay, not. Okay. They on the look island. like islands, and okay. Oh, they're yeah, not. And that's a complicated thing. So in Pocket Camp, they are represented in your map as islands, but they're actually supposed to be like camps. Oh, in the it's same really forest. Weird. I mean, part of it is also like Pocket Camp. I believe was like made to basically be like an advertising release to build up to. Um, New Horizons. Um, but yeah, so like in New Horizons, you like literally have like a little island, like a ma- like imagine just sort of like this fictional chain of islands that everyone playing New Horizons somehow is on. That's kind of like what you have. Okay. Whereas like in Pocket Camp, especially if you notice, there is an actual island in Pocket Camp, I believe, that you can go fishing on. But if you'll notice, like if you just look at the, the background, there's like pathways that go off into the background. So they're not like disconnected technically. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is confusing because when you look at the pocket camp like map, yeah, the map represented just... as island. Okay, so the map yeah, is like... just draw, d- drawn dumb, but like it's not right, the same yeah, as what yeah, you guys yeah. have. Like, so like you are like on a campsite near the mountains in like your actual space, and then I like see. there's there's like sure. sunburst yeah. island you can visit, but like there's like also like a creek and a shore and hollow and so on and so forth. Okay. Yeah. And so in New Horizons, everyone has their own individual like island. Um, and okay. you can visit other, there's like a little, there's a little airport because you suddenly get, an, even though you have like a completely like undeveloped island, you start off with an airport after your first day, which I find really funny. And it's run by Dodos, which is great. Um, they're some of my favorites. Um, but you can visit other people's islands if you have, um, friends, like friends through the Nintendo network. And you can also visit, other uninhabited islands by using basically these tickets you get through playing the game. Okay. Um, but is the, so is your purpose on the, on the actual island, the same as my purpose on the camp, which is cause you were talking about, you know, the capitalism aspect of it. So basically I just, I just, you know, I earn stuff to trade and then I, I, you know, buy slash build cool shit for my island. Is that how it works? Like that's how camps work. Essentially. Like, so basically you'll get, you get a house instead of a camp um, and you can like basically do some interior decorating and stuff and you get points from, you, you basically will get points and like different rewards for doing that. Um, but you're also kind of in charge of like, in this particular one, you're kind of in charge of like building up the infrastructure on the island. So you place bridges, you decide where like other villagers' houses go and that's like, that's new. That's not part of, at least not the Animal Crossing games I've played. Yeah, um, like the the older Animal Crossing games, like the original and new Leaf, you are kind of moving into a pre-existing village. Whereas with this, you're like kind of building the island like from nothing. So there's like, like a Sim City vibe to it, a civilization. Yeah, almost kind of like thing. really like simplified um, okay. version. Yes. Yeah, and like one of the one of the goals, which you can kind of like, it just depends on whether or not you want to do it. Really, because like a lot of the things in Animal Crossing. Like there aren't quite they're, they're like there are achievements and there's like kind of questy elements in the way that there would be with other kinds of video games, but a lot of them are kind of like optional. They're not really like huge yeah. parts of the game. At it's least, it's one opinion. of those it's one of those games where you kind of set your own goals, and if you kind of if they happen to like get you something, then that's cool. But they haven't had, that's like new for this this the New Horizons. They haven't done that before. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, yeah, which I think is, I mean, which is why it has that, like, sort of, like, coziness element, whereas, because it's yeah. basically, it's like, you're not being forced or pressured to do anything, there's nothing stressful, you could ignore every achievement in the game, and still play the game, and, like, theoretically have, like, a cool experience. Yeah, definitely. Like, Stardew Valley. Oh, yeah. I can't get on with yeah. that game. 
I, I really like Animal Crossing, but Stardew Valley, oh my god, there's something about it that I just cannot, I just can't get into it. I hate it. Oh, great. There's going to be a fight now. I awesome. just, Go. I can't, I just, I, I know it. I just, Don't I you guys love Stardew that is out of the spirit of coziness, Mav. We are not going to fight over Stardew Valley. Uh, I mean, yes. Well, Stardew Valley, I think, is like, it's structured in a weird way that Animal Crossing is not. I think with Stardew Valley as well, it's like, there is, I guess there is a lot going on in Animal Crossing, but Stardew Valley just has a lot going on. A lot of things that don't seem to link up to me, personally. And it's all, and the, oh, the day cycles are just too short, and you can't get anything done. and. So you can kind of choose one thing to do a day. Yeah, I get what you, I get what you're talking about. Like, I really, I really like Stardew Valley, um, but it adds another. I think because it's like there's another level of like I don't want to say uh, not competition exactly, but there's another level of like conventional gaminess. I mean, to talk about what I, yeah. what, like I kind of talked about at the beginning is like there's this idea. It's based much more on extrinsic motivation and rewards and like fulfilling these achievements within the game rather than like what you as the player are getting out of the game. Like, in that sense, even though, like, the plots and the mechanics in some respects are very similar, like, they're... The structure of, like, how the player in- engages with both games, I think, is extremely different. Well, mm. well that, that that is actually, like, your critiques of Stardew Valley, actually, if you uh, were to, like, if everyone were to go and read, like, the whole manifesto, like, when they, like, get down to, like, breaking down, like, what is or is not cozy, I kind of I kind of wonder, like, if it's possible to have a wholly cozy game because, like, you, like, yes, the cozy games manifesto talks about, like, avoiding competition, uh, like having a certain, like, soft aesthetic sometimes related to the cute or romantic, but not always, uh, that, you know, gives you a good environment. Uh, it talks about, like, you know, the changing of the seasons, but if the seasons are too short, then, like, the, like, smooth transitions that coziness is supposed to, like, reflect. I got really deep into this. Uh, like, they're not there. It's a manifesto for people who are Yeah, it is. And, like, I mean, of course you can have cozy elements in a game, but, like, I was I was thinking about games that I go to when I'm stressed out, and, of course, Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing, Harvest Moon. I feel like you can, like, see a pattern here. Uh, uh, Slime Rancher, um, which... I know Kati is also a fan of. Um, and like all those Slime things Rancher. are cute. They're cute. Like, I mean, Slime Rancher, for those of you who do not know and should therefore know, um, is is a game where you play a character, um, Beatrix LeBeau. Uh, um, the, right, like LeBeau, it's LeBeau, right? Um, it's been a second. Um, and you are on a space farm and you harvest, like you catch cute, cute little slimes and you raise them. But then like, one and they're they're like kitty slimes and like firefly sl- firefly slimes and like lake slimes that are super shy so you can't store too many in the same like little slime pod but but like they're all as, adorable by the yes, way yes they're adorable yeah, highly adorable. adorable that you play this game but as the cozy games manifesto tells us things that are cute can also be dangerous um and we talked a little bit about that <laughs> in our episode on cuteness which everyone should listen to talk about the aside cute so like you know like slimes that like have crystals on them can attack you and radioactive slime can make you sick 
And then like, once you have all the slime, it's like, how do I care for all these slime and explore new places and do all these things? And suddenly I'm not cozy. Suddenly I'm stressed out taking care of all the slime and making sure they have enough chicken. Um, so, so like, it's a hard life. Or, and like, you know, you're, you're edging out your mouse friends that you don't like in animal crossing. Um, and like, there's, and it's stressing me out. Yeah, we, exactly. You're being stressed out. And then like in harvest moon and stardew Valley in particular, there's a plot line where you like give people stuff to get them to marry you. And that's just like a relationship underlined by the gift economy. If I ever heard of it, uh, as we talked about in our farm games episode, apparently I'm just going to list all of our episodes today. Uh, so like, <laughs> I mean, and then like there's, you know, like, which I did not know this game existed until I read the cozy manifesto. There is a whole Wii U game where Yoshi's just made of yarn, but it's still like a Yoshi game. Yeah. So like there's pressure. So like, even though it's cute, you got to do stuff. And like the Jane Austen games uh, that I like to talk about so much, like people like look to Jane Austen for comfort and like, you know, imagine tea parties and like marrying Mr. Darcy and like attracting men and stuff. But you know, oh, yeah, what? I get that all it's the time r- over here. Oh, you played it? <laughs> no, I'm just talking about England. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's really freaking stressful to like trying to like if you're playing Mary Mr. Darcy where you have to accumulate certain types of characters to attract men is really freaking stressful. Also, who wants to marry Mr. Collins? Marriage is actually really stressful. Who wants to be a part of that? And also, do you want to be not my words, the game's words, an old maid where you take care of a like grumpy cousin? No, no, you don't want to do that. It's it's like it's not cozy. It just looks cozy and it tricks you. Anyway, you just rant. Rant. what is it to a whole new genre that I didn't even know existed? Uh, I study the 19th century. So many things. Um, so I have a lot of Jane Austen games in my house. <laughs> in fact, I, I I had to read um one Jane Austen for my English A level persuasion. That's Jane Austen, right? Yeah, persuasion. Fucking sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I hate that. I, I mean, I, I wrote an entire like journal article for it. I hate that novel. It's terrible. Oh, it sucks, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh. Also, I, I had a man ask me um, at a conference, don't you feel that it was like, like Anne made a terrible choice and she was punished for rejecting him? And I was like, no, actually, I think that he fucking sucks. Um, except I said it a lot more professionally, um, and with more cont to be an asshole. Um, <laughs> Always yeah. with more cont. Well, if you want to be an asshole, start talking about cont. I mean, there we are. <laughs> uh, There's a t-shirt. Okay, um, so... To jump quickly back onto what you were saying before, um, God, I feel like I'm getting an education as well as getting a guest on your show. That's great. Um, That's the show! <laughs> yes, it's working! <laughs> so, um, you talk about games um, that kind of start off really comforting and cozy, and um, and then they sort of, as they build, they slowly, like, lull you into this false sense of security, so then they get you with the stress. So, a, a game that is similar that this happened to me. Have you guys heard of or played Absu at all? I know of it. Yeah. Tell us more. It's basically you get to just swim around underwater. It's uh, exploration. Um, you don't have to worry about like breathing or anything like that. It's just swimming around, having a good time, looking at fish, whatever. So, I'm, <laughs> so this is what I'm doing. I'm swimming around, looking at fish, having a great time, whatever. And then suddenly there's this bit where there's the, like these underwater mines which has never happened in the game at all. And suddenly I'm having to swim through these mines. I hate that part. Like, there's a shark. 
And you, there's an evil yeah. fucking shark that terrified yeah. the living hell out of me. Yeah, and you do it, like, like, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad about the shark, I, I, I can't really remember, but I remember these lines so vividly because I was like, this is, this is not the game I signed mm-hmm. up for. This is not the game I signed up for. No one told me this was going to happen. And, and I literally, and you just, and I am not good at games. Let me put that out there. I'm not good at gaming. Um, I'm there for the story. You know, some people watch porn for the story. I play games for the story. And um, so I was uh, swimming through these mines and just letting them destroy me because you don't take any damage, I don't think. So I'm just letting them like hit me and they're just going off and it's very stressful. And I didn't sign up for that and that's not fair. <laughs> well, one of the things that I think both Hannah and Maisie you're talking about is like, and this is one of my questions reading the Cozy's Manifesto, because it's like if you remove all competition, all sort of like conflict, and they don't specifically say like that, that, that like coziness is about removing conflict, but a lot of the elements seem to me to be in conflict with the idea of conflict. Like, can you have a game anymore? Yeah. Because the whole idea. That's kind of what I was wondering too. Right. Because they even like mentioned like one of the like, like, higher like a higher level needs that they talk about in, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is the idea of mastery and it's like mastery isn't like you only achieve mastery when you're improving a skill and in games that often happens in a way like that doesn't necessarily escalate to stress but like there's there, there's tension there's conflict yeah right exactly and so I think like Hannah, you mentioned earlier, it's like, can you have a fully cozy game? Like, I don't think you can. No, definitely and not. And I think that's why like... But you can have a cozy right. game. Yeah. I think no, actually, it's all like, I actually like everything, on it's on a spectrum. Yeah. Because one of the things that, so to me, one of the things that was interesting about the manifesto, and, and I also, I, I reread it again last night after having read it when, when Katya first proposed this a couple months back, it goes out of its way to make the point of here are the heuristics that we think of for what makes a game yeah. cozy. And it notes a problem with almost every single one of them. It says, you know, yes. you, you want things to be cute, but not too cute. Cause this is the problem with too cute. You want to have gifts, but not too many gifts. Cause this is the problem with that. And it, it goes, it goes through and does that. But it also points out that the rules are not universal. It, it says like, so for instance, their example is if you are a teen who has too much aggression and really, you just you just want to play Call of Duty so you can shoot things, you know, and just get out the, the aggression. Then suddenly Animal Crossing is not for you. Right. Because like, <laughs> what about an adult that has too much aggression. Yeah. Ask, well, asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that was kind of the thing. Like I like uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting about about the manifesto is they were talking about um, safe spaces where you can't get hurt. Um, you don't have, you know, you, you know, they, they use the Maslow hierarchy of needs and it's, and it's like, you don't want to have to worry about just doing things to maintain your survival. You don't want to have to have, have to follow somebody else's missions. You just want to be able to explore and all these, and, and all these things. And they had like, Oh, cute. This is important. Gifts are important. Co- cooperation is important. And then they talked about the, they made that example about call of duty and everything. And then the first thing that occurred to me is um, when they were like, you know, it's different for everybody. It's like, does grand theft auto count and not the entire game of grand theft auto, but like the thing that I find I've never finished a grand theft auto game in my life because mm-hmm. I, I play the mission for one or two days and then I just get like, and then I just get, uh, I just, I just want to drive around Vice City and see what's there. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, like, and, and, and that's kind of what ends up being interesting to me or, or, you know, now obviously 
there's a lack of coziness because I can be shot when I steal a car, right? There's a lot of stressful situations in in GTA, but a big part of the world, you know, the the fact that you're not locked into any missions that you don't want, you can you can refuse essentially anything and you won't progress the story. But who cares if that's not your goal? Um, I, I'm also thinking like like the Batman Arkham games are like this, right? Like you can just like yeah. there's an aspect to that to something that is obviously like by design, it's the antithesis of cozy, right? Like, like GTA is supposed to be, it's supposed to be mean and aggro and right. Like that's the entire point of the game. But I think that that aspect's there. And on the other hand, like I look at something like, like I've, you know, um, let's see games that are supposed to be cozy, Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, Farmville, you know, like as, as Katya pointed out at the very beginning, there is so much capitalism in it to where that can be stressful in sort of a way, especially if you get to like the free versions on iOS and everything where the damn thing tries to sell me something every two seconds, mm-hmm. with, you know, for, for real money. So yeah. I, I don't I know that it's possible to be 100%. Money. Yeah. I think it's always a continuum. Well, right. Which I think like the, um, the manifesto does a good job of it, like noting that at the various points. It's like, this is more of like a scale than a binary. Right. But I think, one of the interesting things about this whole idea of, and I think this is a challenge of game design in general, is just like you can't, like any art form, you can't control how people are going to respond to whatever media you're producing. And I think in game development, whether it's analog or di- di- like digital, there's an added element of difficulty because you're not just writing a novel or, a, or making a film or like making a painting where like the spectator is you know, part of the text in the sense that they're like interacting with it um, in order to consume that media, but they're not part of it. Whereas like in a game, you're engineering a series of interactions that requires whoever your audience is to basically become an active part of your text. And so you can't, not only can you not control how people respond in the way that other, in, in the forms of in the ways that happen with other forms of media, but you also can't control really how they're going to use the game. Like, I mean, I think that's like why, like that, yeah, that call of like that call of duty. It's like, yeah, if you need to work out your aggression, like maybe that has an element of coziness. And I think what you're talking about with GTA, like that to me, like definitely has like if nothing else, cozy elements. Um, and I talked about, I like noted briefly, like in the um, blog post, is like The Sims. I think is famous kind of for this like aspect because like. The Sims is a game that if you look at how it was like originally made, it's kind of about like, it's almost like a digital dollhouse, essentially. It's like, it's about yeah. like taking care of your Sims and guiding them through their lives. But then there's also people that like, I thought the entire point of the Sims is just what can I do to make them eventually fuck? That's, that's like all I've ever done. Every time I played it. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, what my parents would love yeah. to do the Sims. Right. And like, and I think it's interesting in The Sims 4, they actually made it much, much more difficult to like kill off your Sims, which I'm assuming they were trying to maybe reclaim some element of coziness. But there's still like, if you go on YouTube, there's like so many let's plays about let's find the most wacky and sadistic ways to kill off Sims. Yeah, see, I never wanted to. I, I just, to me, it's always been about getting them to fuck each other. That, you know, and what combinations <laughs> it's can so I It's so much easier in have. Sims 4. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just say okay with that. Sims Four, Sims Four just made it imitate real life, where you just say hi to each other and then you start burning. Like, yeah. So I should move to UK because my my life's not that interesting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, the problem is everyone's life is exactly the same now. We're all inside. You have to like, yeah, maybe, maybe have a drink together and like chat before, but you know. <laughs> this is I mean, that level of difficulty. I don't know. Sure, it seems like a waste of time, but if you want to. <laughs> yeah, if you if you like level up your status high enough, I'm pretty sure you can just basically like there's like a way to like unlock like a flirty introduction thing where they like already have like romantic feelings for you after you say hello. I think you can actually if you have that. I think you can actually be like, great, we're boning now. Well, some people are that charming, you know. It's a, it's an effect I have on people. You know, they've got to add it into the game. <laughs> great, yeah. See, I don't I don't have that game. I don't have that game. Uh. But yeah, like I think that like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can say that that like is is that not cozy? Even like, yeah, you're like killing people, but like it's some people find that cozy. Yeah, some people find that cozy though, like because it's not you know like really killing people. It's it's you know a comedy death. It's you know it's just trying. It's people trying to find ways to mess with the game, and for some people. You know, using their brain in that way, they find that more comforting. Um, mm-hmm. So, a question I'd like to pose to you guys then, if we all agree that this is all a spectrum, what to you guys then is the quintessential cozy game for you? This is why I think it's like a state, like, if we really want to say what is a perfectly cozy game, it might be a state of mind as much as I hate myself for saying that. Um, but I mean, which is actually in the manifesto as well. Yeah. I mean, you personally they mentioned that it's like, yeah. it depends on the, 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 Right. mentality you approach a game yeah. with. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I, I mean, personally. Yeah. Like, what, like, like, personally. Sure. Like, what is I, your... I think, yeah. Sorry. I think... I think yeah, yeah, I get what you yeah, I think because like yeah. what's terrible for me to say is I think that if I had to pick a game where I'd like just want to feel good, I would probably pick something like Monopoly, which is not a cozy game. It's highly competitive because it reminds I, me of playing Monopoly with my sister when I was a kid. See, I can flip the table over whenever I play Monopoly. I no least cozy game. Mm-mm. I love I that understand the positive. Although actually, mine, mine's similar because mine probably would be like any of the Zelda games. Because, like, I grew up playing those, like, everyone in my family played Zelda. And, like, that was one of the first video games, like, I beat by myself when I was a kid. So, like, for me, I think it's much more of about a nostalgia thing. And I actually find, one of the things I find about Animal Crossing that's, like, borderline not cozy for me personally is because there is so little structure. Mm-hmm. Um Like, I like the idea, I mean, I, and, like, and the same thing about The Sims, too. It's, like, because it, it leaves so much up to the... I guess like the individual goals of the goals of the player. Sometimes I don't have that brain space. I want a game to just tell me like, these are the things you're going to do. Go do them. And I think that for like, for me, that structure, like it's like a balance of like, you want open world, but like, to me, it's like, I also want some kind of like system where I'm just not like wandering around circles going like, that's a nice tree for the 10,000th time. <laughs> I, I don't even know. If, I don't even know what they would be for me. Cause I go through cycles of what, what I start playing. Like like there are probably if I'm just trying to relax and I don't want to think, which is, you know, what usually that's, that's the mindset I'm looking for. If I'm playing one of these, there are a lot of I mean, it varies, but games that are essentially Tetris, you know, Tetris or other yeah. jewel, ma- jewel matching games where I can just like I can just sit down and grab my phone and then just sit there and connect dots for, you know. 10 minutes to six hours <laughs> you know, how so much that's more like, about, like re- repetition right right it's just a, it's just a focusing and drowning the world out and then lately yeah. i've also been playing this like 
um, I've been playing this golf game on my phone and it's just like, I don't golf in real life, but there's something soothing about just kind of, you know, aiming the little ball at the hole. Well, you play a golf the, game on your phone. You don't play golf in real life. I mean, you're no. a fraud. I can't yeah. believe you've, you've done this. You I, are in- I'm, I'm not I mean, proud of myself. You're disrespecting <laughs> I, I farm all the time in my daily life. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I make friends with it at Stardew Valley. Jeez. I make friends with animals, uh, like all the time in my life, except now it's limited to my two cats because I yeah. can't touch other people's animals. <laughs> Which sounds like yeah, weirder than it actually like, is. Import your pets into Animal Crossing. Like I want my I want my cat to be one of my neighbors. Why is this not a thing that I can do? Well, I kind of one of the things I was wondering when I was reading the manifesto, though, because you're, you're talking about different, you know, we're doing this line of what's cozy to us. But I was thinking about, you know, I've got two brothers. Um, I've got two brothers and a sister. My sister isn't particularly a, a video game person at all, probably even less so than I am. Um, I play certain things just like, you know, I have a PlayStation Four. I'll get a five eventually when when they come out and I'll play a game, you know, just because it interests me in the story. And then I won't play anything for like six months. If you're my friend on the PlayStation network, I am the most boring friend ever. Cause like there will literally be stretches of like three to six months where I don't even turn it on. And, um, and then I'll play like all of Arkham in like a week. Um, but like my, one of my brothers, my, my brother in the middle, he is, um, he is very, very much a gamer and has played every video game that has come out as far as I'm aware in the last, you know, 30 years. He just buys every single one because that's that he's obsessed with them and he'll play anything. But then my youngest brother, like he only plays games that are sports. Like he will play Major League Baseball. He will play he will play World League League Soccer. He will play the NBA basketball game. Like he literally just plays sports games. And and I, so I was thinking about that. Do these match the cozy manifesto? Now, they obviously they're obviously they're soothing to him. He enjoys it. Right. So, you know, so sure to him. But then I was thinking about the other things like there is no, you know, they are only higher order stakes. It's just trying to win a trophy. There's no life or death. He can't starve in them. He can't, you know, he's just playing baseball. Right. Like that's that's it. You know, you know, and he enjoys it because he's a sports fan. Yeah, there's nothing I can think about that's worse to me than sports is a sports game. It's literally my nightmare. Yeah, I don't play them. Yeah, yeah he he loves them. He, I, I, he, he, I, I mean, like them. when I was visiting when I was visiting him, he just you know he'll sit down and he'll just I'm going to play soccer for two hours, and I'm like, oh, you want to go out and play? No, he's he means he's going to sit there and you know and play soccer, and then and that's because he's in the mood to play video game soccer as opposed to when he's in the middle mood to play video game right. baseball. As opposed to real life soccer, like, it's like playing Wii tennis versus playing right. actual tennis. Mm-hmm. You know what I find like while we're on the subject of brothers, so. My uh, brother, the one game apart from GTA, because everyone plays that, but the only other game I've ever seen him play is he used to get football manager every year. <laughs> football manager. Not playing the football even in I the know. game. You're a manager. Yeah, oh you manage the team. You know, <laughs> I, know I think so I would enjoy that more. That play that. I have a friend that wrote like part of their dissertation on that game and basically like, why are <laughs> oh people like God. this? Why? <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I think I mean that's one of the weird things of Mav. Like, I think that's one of the weird things. It's like the because the emphasis of like the manifesto is on like the intrinsic, like the intrinsic response of the player to the game. Like, it's kind of like almost anything could potentially be a cozy game. Like, I remember the first time I read this, one of the things that surprised me was like they mentioned when they're talking about like what is a cozy aesthetic, and they're like talking about warm colors and like these domestic settings. They include a screenshot from The Witcher. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Which, I can watch that. that. It's a the beautiful game. Like, Witcher, mm-hmm. the most recent one, the Wild Hunt, it's a beautiful game. It's so... It's if you're just walking game. around the, the game, game it's and the rest of the game beyond, like, Yeah, but if you're talking purely aesthetics... <laughs> they said they said they chose it when they were talking about color pattern, uh, like color or whatever. Right. So they've chosen that screenshot for the aesthetic, not the plot. But I guess that's what I mean, though, is it's like if if the Witcher can like if the Witcher has cozy like has a cozy aesthetic sufficient to include in this game, like is there a game that couldn't potentially be a cozy game? Like maybe Doom, but like <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, well, that's the thing, is it's like, I, I'm a little horrified by someone who would find Doom cozy, but, like, on the other hand, if the emphasis is on, like, the player's response to the game, and a lot of these elements are so broad, it's like, because I think one of, I mean, one of the goals of the manifesto was obviously, like, to bring about more of a conversation about cozy games, and, I mean, they talk about wanting to change gaming culture, and it's like, well, a lot of these games that are, in other respects, like, an antithesis of the cozy games manifesto also have cozy elements, so, like, what is... Like, I guess it's like, I'm not really sure what the actual goal is. I have a question about that, actually. Yeah. So, because they they talk about, like, they say that the purpose of the manifesto is to sort of make games inclusive, change the culture. Um, I mean, it's obviously a, you know, fuck you, Gamergate weirdos, right? Like, that's, like, that's clearly what they're doing. They're, they, they say, we don't want people, I mean, there's even a point where, you know, um, where they po- talk about the problem with um, the problem with having compliment systems is the people will find a way to be insulting with them. Right. Like, and, but, but they're, but the entire coziness is trying to move away from that. And they sort of link it to the aesthetic. They talk about the cuteness. They talk about the low stakes world, the exploration. And then I was just thinking like, uh, and they, and they look at like open, they, they look at, they go back to like early RPG games where the, you know, the, where the room is very empty. Sure. And, and so I was just thinking about that and like there is the coziness more a function of the player than the actual game, because an example that I think fits almost every aspect um, that they're going for, but is the antithesis of the message is the early Leisure Suit Larry games, which are. Oh, boy. No, but it, and I understand. I mean, they're obviously not what the Cozy Games Manifesto is, but they're no, colorful, absolutely. cute creatures like, you know, he's he's cartoonishly silly. There's no stakes whatsoever in the world. It's just exploring and then training yourself to be an asshole. Like, that's the point of the game, right? Well, I mean, I guess this is like right. also the the genre of the manifesto in general. Like, people declare a lot of things very boldly and then they put it out in the world and everybody who is interested in that manifesto tries to make sense of it. Um, and, and like, obviously, like, it works in the sense that, like, we're thinking a lot about what this means um, and how it's mm-hmm. used in games. Um, but I, I feel like manifestos are more of a grand declaration than, a, shall we say, roadmap of how to actually do things. Because another game I've been thinking about uh, since we asked like the question, can there not be a cozy game? Is Bioshock Infinite, which is a beautiful game um, in the terms of the art. And it feels very cozy at the beginning. And then it becomes a horror show. Uh, and, and it's kind of like what we talked about earlier, where it's a bait and switch. But this is actually meant specifically to be a bait and switch to like get you into a cozy world and then mess with you. So I forgot where I was going with this, but I think... <laughs> I, I think that, like, you know, man- manifestos have their place. And I think that this is very helpful um, in, like, making 
like having some nuanced conversations about games and how we can make them more cozy. But I don't I don't know if like we can actually do anything with it besides think a lot. I mean, I think like, one the thing that I I think is really cool about the manifesto is they talk at like they talk towards the end specifically about like the potential impact of like this kind of conversation on developer de- like game yeah. development culture because like game dev culture is like famous for being like very stressful, lots of time crunch, often very underpaid, especially for like lower de- like like workers lower down the food chain. And I mean, there's a lot of discussions in the develop commu- developer community, um, particularly professional developers, but also some indie developers of like how toxic that culture can be and how much it's like contributes to burnout. Um, there's an uh, organization called Take This, which is basically like trying to promote the, actually the same conversation that they allude to at the end of this. Um, and they work with the global game jam to basically talk with like hobbyists and professional de- developers about mental health in the context of gaming culture, which I think is really cool. And I think that's the thing that I take away from this as even if this doesn't necessarily answer all of our questions as like what cozy games as a genre means, I think like they do a really good job of highlighting like, why it's significant and why you would want to have this conversation. I, I think especially like the idea where you think about like, in, like, I mean, like maybe go to go back to Witcher, even though I find that really interesting as a cozy game, but like if even the Witcher can have these elements built into it in a way that like builds inclusivity or coziness, like as a subsection of the game, like maybe that's a move in the positive direction. Cause I think what Mav, what Mav you're talking about is I think that like you can have I don't. I, I think that the issue is that you, an inclusive game and a cozy game are not the same thing. And I think especially because the cozy game sort of genre relies on like the sensation that the player gets from the game. Like all of these aesthetic and genre markers mean nothing if the game produces like an alienating or like non-cozy, for lack of a better term gaming experience because i think the emphasis is on the experience and they're trying to describe like things that can that can contribute to that experience but if you have an element say like the plot or like you know, the case you brought up like the overall concept of the game that doesn't back those aesthetics up like those don't necessarily mean anything like bioshock infinite right exactly um which like actually like re- reading um again the very specific bits about work culture they're like uh some things that you can concretely do are like permit optimum work schedules and working from home and having flexible hours and thinking about mental health days and like taking breaks and because of the pandemic a lot of places that would not normally do this are permitting people to work from home and take breaks and you know focus on other things because the world has gone to hell so you know maybe maybe yay yeah like well like you know, like maybe because sure? like like not yay because we're doing this in a pandemic but like the pandemic has made visible as like loads and loads of people have said that like the culture that we had that was like the non-cozy capitalist like work all day destroy yourself for whatever it is you do like doesn't work and that there are other ways of doing things so like I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, we don't know like if things are going to go back to the way they were. Not that, uh, or like if people totally are agreeing that this is like the, there are like better ways to do things. But like, 
there are some possibilities that have been illuminated that have always been possible because we've had to like, in some ways, make things easier on ourselves because of, you know, pandemic, like doing a lot of things digitally that would have required like in-person meetings for very, very simple tasks. And it is interesting, like a lot of those articles talk about like basically like everything that, the, that like the systems that are being exposed are basically like, this is what happens when you have like just this a capitalist society. And I mean, at the end of the manifesto, they're very, they're like very specifically saying that like cozy gaming is specifically an anti-capitalist like genre that supports and promotes like comfort and care of people. Yeah, which like, uh, you know, I've been thinking about Spirit Island, which is currently a board game soon to not be just a board game uh, that we talked about on the Empire and Games episode where you play collaboratively as spirits on an island trying to keep off colonizers and protect the native people. And we will more like one day more talk about like talk about this in more detail. But that like is not what I would think of as a cozy game, but does like include like a spirit of collaboration and like some very like anti-capitalist and anti-imperialist messages like in it. So it, it might not be Animal Crossing, but like the message is very different than say Monopoly <laughs> or Risk. Yeah, Monopoly. I, I I understand why you think that's a cozy game, Hannah, because of personal nostalgia reasons. I hate Monopoly. It makes my blood pressure go up. I don't can't do it. Mm-mm. Yeah. So that's the purpose. The purpose is of the cozy game is just to make your blood pressure go down. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I think it's like coziness is what I mean. Going back to like what we st- what we started the podcast off with, like the primary emphasis seems to be on like fulfilling these like higher order needs, like beyond basically like your animal needs of like food, safety, etc. Like, so I think it's like any game that fulfills what you need in a particular moment, like that qualifies. I mean, that's why the Call of Duty example that kind of comes up. So like in this moment, because it's like people are being isolated, probably feel like a sense of instability, all this kind of stuff, like Animal Crossing, you know, you can play, even if you can't, like, you can play with, like, people in your, like, your social circle, but even if you can't, you can talk with all these derpy animals and have these weird, like, simulated friendships. And there's also, like, a heavy element of it to the routine. So if you've lost your daily routine and that's, like, ups- like upsetting to you for any reason, this is a way to kind of, like, reclaim at least some of that. So, like... Like everybody on the planet of. right now. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, we're all like, mm, I need, I need something. Just give it to me. <laughs> Maisie, you never answered your own question. Which was, what was your game that is the, your cozy go-to? Oh, um, mine is probably, uh, Telltale Games. Because while Ooh, yeah. you do have the stress of like, oh my God, which do I choose? It doesn't matter in the end because it's basically just a walkthrough story. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about trying to get through the story. That's why I love the, uh, the Arkham games because, uh, when I could actually play them, and because um, it's just, uh, it's just like, yeah, just go here and do this and do this, and I, you know, I kind of like being told what to do next, and um, I can't play um, um, uh, open world games. I've, I've tried so many, and I and I can't do it. Uh, Witcher, um, Breath of the Wild, I can't do it. I ju- I cannot get into these games because. Uh, and I have no direction and I don't like it. And there's normally like, you have to really go out of your way to try and get to the next bit of the story. And I, I can't do it. Well, that's why Witcher mm-hmm. failed for me. I like um, when we did, if you, if, when we did that episode where we talked about Witcher in detail, um, I tried to play it for, I mean, I, I gave myself like a week, I think. Is that right? Katya? Like it was, I, I didn't play for a long time leading up to the episode. 
And it was just frustrating for me. But I marked that up to my own incompetence at the time. Like, I just didn't understand how to use it well enough. Yeah, and, like, I mean, especially with Witcher, because the adventure system is, um, like, because yeah. I, while I haven't played the game like I tried to, um, but I love it um, just because I watched my partner play it. And um, the same with Fallout 4. Love it. Love the world. Can't play it, but um, <laughs> I watched my partner play it a lot. And, um you know, it's so like a movie. Was, yeah, it was, but it kind of, it kind of was. I can like tune, tune in and out and just get the story bits if I want to. But um, but that doesn't mean I don't love those games just because I haven't played them. But um, I'm really sorry, guys. I, I feel like I've become onto this so uneducated. Like I don't know what oh, this no, manifesto no. is or anything. I just thought I was coming on to talk about no, Animal Crossing. No, this is great. This is great. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, you know so much more about it about this than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know about Animal Crossing, <laughs> which was which was the draw of the episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what, but unfor- unfortunately for me, I still can't get a Nintendo Switch. I've tried really hard. It's not happening. I'm not paying a thousand dollars for it. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're sold out everywhere. I mean, they were they, they were hot ticket items before, and now everyone's trapped inside, and everybody wants one. I couldn't afford one, and then I could, and now I guess it's probably better that I save my money. Oh my god! So I've been crazy trying to find a ring fit adventure um because i've lost all my exercise now that i'm not going to work and i hate exercise as well um I'm, i have no self-control um i eat cake for breakfast um so <laughs> that's the kind of you know and so i was like yeah i'll get it. me naively was just like yeah i'll just get a ring for adventures it looks really cool you know wasn't really into it before but um, now that i'm not getting exercise it'd be great i'll just wake up do 40 minutes whatever and obviously it looked sold out everywhere and yeah. um i very nearly get, like- was ready on to eBay pay for two hundred pounds for one. Yeah, it's insane. Right. It's insane. But I have managed to pre-order one. I had to pre-order it um, from Amazon France. But uh, <laughs> wow! But you know what? I, I haven't ended up paying two hundred pounds for one. Um, which, oh wow! Which sucks because that is people just buying it to sell it on and make extra money on it, which is just really important yeah, in, in this uh, time of crisis. Um, but don't worry, See, you get my money. Gave it to Amazon France instead. <laughs> this is why we need Animal Crossing, so that everyone will learn how to take care of their neighbors and not be scalping horrible people that are profiteering off of so our needs of games. While I've been in lockdown, I've um I have played Animal Crossing every day, but I have noticed myself dropping off every day. Like I just pick it up when I wake up and go around and like dig up the fossils and just check out what's at the shops and get my nook miles and whatever. And then and then it, I just don't touch it for the rest of the day. I think I'm starting to fall out of it. And I, I don't know whether that's just because I haven't, I'm just not putting in enough time every day and I'm not giving myself time to settle into it again. But uh, I'm starting to drop off now, which I'm kind of worried about because yeah. I'm like, oh God, if I don't have this game to keep me entertained every day, like I'm already mental. <laughs> Isn't that like the flaw, though, of having, I mean, Kata, you, you talked earlier on about like one of the problems with if you make it too cozy, there's no game, right? Like any game, you know, if you're if you're the industry, you want people to get tired of every game eventually because you want them to buy the next game. Right. So but sure. like but like you want to you want to also amuse them enough that they tell all their friends and they and they buy it, too. So is that like part of the flaw of not having enough competition? If the game well, becomes I think the, too I, monotonous. The main flaw for me 
is with me is that I'm a, if it gets too hard I just I give up and if it's too easy then mm-hmm. I'm not invested enough I cannot right. be pleased I think that, yes. I don't think it's a you thing actually I think that that's because I have a similar experience and I think a lot of people do I mean there's like a lot of people especially that don't like Animal Crossing this is precisely the reason is because yeah. like there isn't a lot especially once you get past the initial like you know four or five days of in-game play like there's a lot less structure and guidance. So you're having to like create your own goals. And I think for a lot of people that stick with it is because they find kind of like designing the Island, like to be kind of fun. Um, Kind of like people who like building houses. Yeah. And I think it's like people who like building houses and things like the Sims or like SimCity and stuff like that. Like Minecraft, but yeah, sure. But if you don't find that appealing, I mean, Minecraft's actually another of those games that I don't, like kind of for similar reasons but um yeah i think that like from and, and i think in a weird way i i always kind of wonder like though if, if animal crossing was designed that way i kind of get the impression that like animal crossing was not designed to be a game that you sink a lot of time into in a short period like it's the emphasis to me has always seemed much more on like small smaller bursts of play yeah like, on a habitual basis so like the idea of like waking up and doing like the morning ritual of like which is basically what i've been doing is like when i drink my coffee i like hop on animal crossing for 20 minutes do all the things that respawn overnight and if i play again later like oh maybe because it's violence and stuff like that hi this is mav keenan from the future as i'm editing so after we recorded this episode i did some more research on animal crossing and i am very disappointed in everybody else who was on the episode because how did no one tell me that a major part of this game was that you sell weed to tana that's like literally a thing that happens we might have to talk about this again in the future because i am fascinated that a major part of how you get your initial commerce going in this game is to sell weed just felt i had to mention that back to the episode um but i kind of think that that might be the way that the game's designed especially because nintendo i mean especially since the wii i think has had this habit of trying to make games that don't become like the all-consuming life life suck that we sometimes associate with something like i don't know like world of warcraft is like the a really common example yeah um so maybe that's intentional but yeah i do think yeah. that like it loses a certain amount of gaminess when you have it so open mm. oh world of warcraft i had a roommate who played it all the time we'd scream at 3 a.m and i turned off the internet so he couldn't play <laughs> <laughs> it's quarantine if he hears this he can't find me it's fine um also i don't really care because uh, that is not appropriate roommate behavior for those of you who are nope. quarantined at home playing games with each other. Um, you should what the turning off the internet or the playing wow until three a.m. Uh, screaming while playing games when other people are trying to sleep. I don't care. Headphones. headphones. I don't. I don't care. No, like just no. No. Uh, no. Uh, you do, you do not make loud noises during other people's sleep time with, in an apartment That's what with someone you, you wear headphones. Well, yeah, but like you do not make loud noises during other people's sleep time usually means something entirely different to me. (laughs) Well, well, okay. We've resolved nothing. Yeah. 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 And this has gotten very weird. It always gets very weird. And it's gotten weird because of quarantine. It probably starts very weird. It starts very weird. It stays very weird. It ends very weird. We're just a bunch of weirdos. That also means something very different. Mavs, why do you have to ruin everything? I'm not ruining stuff. I've had very little to contribute this episode. <laughs> so. 
But that's okay. That's okay. Cause I actually learned a lot. Um, I learned, actually I learned a lot and I'm kind of interested in the game now. Um, I mean, it's, I'm like Hannah, I'm not paying a thousand dollars for a switch. So I, Wait, I guess so your switches have sold out over there everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. been oh like a couple God. weeks. Like I have all over the place. Like I yeah. have alerts wow. from Google, um, to like send me an alert if they restock. But I'm not holding out hope because like apparently like and I guess we can link to an actual article. But I, I read a bunch of news articles and apparently like Nintendo does a lot of its production in China uh, and yeah. you know, pandemic. And also everybody decided they wanted one because of Animal Crossing slash quarantine. Yeah. Um, so most of them have been sold out. Um, and also scalpers. Like, uh, whole console is gone. Like for yeah. us, it's just Ring Fit Adventures. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, if you can afford the extortionate shipping, there's plenty in the UK as far as I'm aware. <laughs> See, everyone in the UK, they prepared. They got their switches ahead of time. Well, yeah. no, I was just thinking if Maisie wants to revisit, like, the earlier thing that we were saying, you could become the new scalper on the internet. Like, that could be your whole, your whole new you side hustle. You could become Tom Nuke! Oh my god. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I can reach my final goal, though. I do appreciate his little raccooniness. Oh, so anyway, at that note, I want to thank Maisie for joining us. Thank oh, you, Maisie. Thank you. Thank, no, thank you for having me and <laughs> yeah, keeping fun. me and, sane for just a little bit longer in the day. So when you return from hiatus, tell everybody, you know, what, what's your show about? Yeah, so, um, you yeah, know, on hiatus at the moment, because um, uh, my co-host John has gone and had a baby, so rude. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a plenty of episodes to go back and listen to. Um, so Quick to Differ is my podcast. Um, we basically try and persuade each other to agree with our unpopular opinions. Um, mine are more unpopular than other people's. Uh, so if you... <laughs> You like my accent, and um, you want to hear me get more angry and more sarcastic and um, less educational? Uh, please go check it out. It's um, I, I love that you think our show is educational. We're pseudo educational. Well, manifesto came up about a billion times, so uh, that's true. I don't think we've ever mentioned the word manifesto on our podcast. Uh, we just argue about stupid things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a good example now. It's been feels like so it's basically, been so long. if people listen to this show, they will enjoy your show. Is what I'm. They hearing. will. I, I enjoy her show. Us <laughs> uh, is uh, probably a bit more angry. I've calmed down over the last couple of years, but uh, oh god, if you listen to some of the older episodes, I was an awful person, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of unresolved teen angst in a twenty year old. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's Beg to Different Podcast, and you know, I will of course link link that in the show notes. Oh, please, yeah, yep. it's a uh, sorry. I'm just I'm trying to find like a like a good example. Um, if, uh, uh, let's see, the most most yeah, recent you have the, one is the show on uh, Drag Race UK. Oh God, <laughs> don't listen to those. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, go, go listen to stuff. Uh, we have Matt Stewart on the show. Um, oh, we did, um, we did a Spider-Man episode with, um, Joel Dusha and, um, uh, Jackson Bailey from Sans Pants. And, um, I said that Aunt May should just die already. Yes. <laughs> that's, oh, no. that's a good example of our show. Oh, no. Anna's just decided she doesn't like you. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's better. It's better than some of the plotline Spider-Man comics 
slash the movies I do not watch have done. Palindrome Hannah, where can people find you? Uh, at my house, but also don't come see me. It's quarantine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers, but I haven't been tweeting because I don't feel like it because quarantine. Um, oh, but I did tweet about how Josh refuses to read Far From the Man crowd because it sounded too Kantian for him. Um, so clearly quarantine has gotten to both of us. <laughs> and Katya? You can find me as always on Instagram at just that nerd kid, um, but it's mainly sewing, so I'm not into that. And or cats, and or cats sitting on sewing. Sometimes and, um, there's sometimes there's cocktails. Sometimes there are sometimes cocktails. Uh, Lately, it's been sewing masks. Yeah. It's been sewing masks, which has been a, a, a lovely, wonderful service that you, I guess, providing. Yeah, yeah, we're doing the thing. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, but yeah, you know. So if you want like some fabric porn and some like vintage fashion you know it's I mean, that sounds, that's way more that's way more fun than my twitter account which i don't know why people follow me why are you following me anyway Mav. well you're my friend i mean that <laughs> not, not you specifically i, I, I think i know I, you i think i think there are people who listen to this show who have followed me and i don't understand why i'm not you, interested you're, you're amusing i, I find you amusing <laughs> Okay. Anyway, they find us amusing enough to listen to this. So yeah. fair yeah. enough. I don't understand that either. But thanks for doing it. Yeah. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Chris Maverick. Uh, you can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com, which I've actually posted to in the last couple of months. Uh, I tr- I'll try to do more. It's it's a weird time. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of the places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we talk about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. We give you an opportunity to chime in and give us thoughts so that we can address them on the show. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, because why else are you here? We would appreciate it if you <laughs> if you subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell they're calling it now. If you leave us a five-star review there and write a little something, something, it helps other people find the show by boosting the algorithms and making us more popular. And, you know, you know, this is all a big capitalist thing where we're trying to like earn enough money to trade with, what's the guy's name again, Katya? Tom Nuke. There you we've go. All, we've all given it to Tom Nuke. <laughs> yep. There you go. So, but it helps us out. It really helps a lot. Uh, I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd once again like to thank Maisie for joining us. Aww. I'd like to thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for choosing the Deserted Island Getaway Package. A laid-back, relaxing time in a haven of nature awaits. For you and the other folks participating in the getaway package, the time's come to get into the groove of deserted island life. We also buy your unwanted items, including any weeds you remove, as part of our island cleanup plan. It's the motherfucking Eagle Double G. Snoop Dogg!